0: I'm Megan Helmstead and welcome to Teachable Tuesday. I am filling in today for Beth Davis. She's getting ready to go on the road for revival tours. If you didn't know, Blessed is she is touring the US this spring and this fall for some amazing nights, two nights in each location of prayer, worship, confession, adoration, just all sorts of goodness that you definitely need to check out. So go to blessed and you can sign up for that. So today, we are reading through John chapter 8. If you didn't know, we have been going through, during Teachable Tuesday, the Gospel of John and reading one chapter, just one chapter, every single week and really sitting with that chapter and allowing the Lord to speak to us consistently through those specific words. So today, we're going to be reading through John 8. I'm going to talk to you about my takeaway, and then ask you to share your takeaways so we can all learn from each other, learn from the insight and wisdom that the Lord is giving us together. So let's get started. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, come Lord Jesus, living word, make your words new. Open our minds and our hearts to receive them, that they might fill us with life, with truth, with freedom, with desire for more of you with peace. Help us to tune in specifically, Lord, to what you desire to speak to us in our lives, in our circumstances, in our aches, in our longings. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for being forever new and forever present and forever loving here for us in every moment amen the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen so let's get started with john chapter 8 a woman caught in adultery then each went to his own house while jesus went to the mount of olives but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area and all the people started coming to him he sat down and taught them then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? They said this to test him so that he, so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But then When they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin cast the first stone. Again, he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin any more." The light of the world. Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you testify on your own behalf, so your testimony cannot be verified. Jesus answered them and said, even if I do testify on my own behalf, my testimony can be verified because I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge by appearances, but I do not judge anyone. And even if I should judge, my judgment is valid because I am not alone but it is I and the father who sent me. Even in your law, it is written that the testimony of two men can be verified. I testify on my own behalf. And so does the father who sent me. So they said to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know, neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would also, you know, my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the treasury and in the temple area, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. Jesus, the father's ambassador, he said to them again, I am going away and you will look for me, but you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So Jesus said he's not going to kill himself, is he? Because he said, where I'm going, you cannot come. He said to them, you belong to what is below. I belong to what is above. You belong to this world, but I do not belong to this world. That is why I told you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, What I told you from the beginning. I have much to say about you in condemnation, but the one who sent me is true. And what I heard from him, I tell the world they did not realize that he was speaking to them of the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, you will realize that I am, and that I do nothing on my own, but I say only what the Father taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, because I always do what is pleasing to him. Because he spoke this way, many came to believe in him. Jesus and Abraham. Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you remain in my word, you will truly be my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Amen, amen, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in a household forever, but a son always remains. So if a son frees you, then you will truly be free. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, but you are trying to kill me because my word has no room among you. I tell you what I have seen in the father's presence, then do what you have heard from the father. They answered and said to him, our father is Abraham. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works of Abraham. But now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You are doing the works of your father. So they said to him, We are not illegitimate. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here I did not come on my own, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? Because you cannot hear my word. You belong to your father, the devil, and you willingly carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks in character because he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you charge me with sin? If I am telling the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not listen because you do not belong to God. The Jews answered and said to him, are we not right in saying that you are Samaritan as Samaritan, and are possessed. Jesus answered, I am not possessed. I honor my father, but you dishonor me. I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the one who judges. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever keeps my word will never see death. So the Jews said to him, now we are sure that you are possessed. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, whoever keeps my word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died or the prophets who died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is worth nothing. But it is my father who glorifies me. Of whom you say he is our God, you do not know him, but I know him, and if I should say that I do not that I do not know him, I would be like you, a liar, but I do know him, and I keep his word. Abraham, your father, rejoiced to see my day. he saw it and was glad, so the Jews said to him, "You are not yet fifty years old, and you have seen Abraham, Jesus said to them. Amen, amen, I say to you, before Abraham came to be, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid and went out of the temple area. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Friends. There is a lot going on in today's gospel. There's some depth. I cannot wait to hear your takeaways. So wherever you're watching from, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, go ahead and drop your takeaways in the comments so we can all just learn from each other. So what God really drew my attention to was verse 43. Verse 43, he says, why do you not understand what I am saying? Because you cannot bear to hear my word you cannot bear to hear my word. How convicting. So my family has been discerning something big, pretty significant recently. And it's one of those things where everyone's bound to have some sort of opinion. And it's been very easy for me to go and seek out those opinions, to talk to friends, talk to family, to Google and see what the experts say about doing things a certain way. And I have been very successful at going to everything else and everyone else except God to hear what his word on the subject is. And we do that a lot, don't we? The The world is just filled with words, words that on occasion agree with God's word, that support God's word, but a lot of words that don't at all support or agree with God's word. A lot of words that contradict God's word. And it's really easy for us to get distracted by what feels most comfortable by the words that support our position, that make us feel right or vindicated. We seek out these words instead of seeking out God's truth. And in doing so, we become slaves to the world and its worries instead of being free to do what God is actually calling us to do. But the Lord, he's so good. He's so patient. He knows how fickle we are. He knows how feeble we are. And so he gives us a blueprint actually in today's gospel for us to kind of follow and be able to start bringing our cares and concerns to him in a more consistent way. So let's look at verse 31. In verse 31, it says, Jesus then said to the Jews who believed in him, If you remain in my word you will truly be my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. I mean, that's a big deal, isn't it? That's what our entire world seems to be looking for is freedom, autonomy. But Jesus tells us in this very gospel that if we do not remain in him, that we become slaves to sin, slaves to Satan. So here in this verse, he's saying, if we remain With him, we become what? Disciples. And what is a disciple? A disciple is one who literally sits at the feet of the master and learns from him. And so, if we're disciples, that means we're learning. Well, what are we learning? What are we being taught? We are being taught the truth. And what does the truth do? As Jesus tells us, it sets us free. This is what we want. So, we want to be able to be set free. Therefore, we need to be able to learn what is the truth? Therefore, we must begin by being disciples. And in order to be disciples, we must remain with Jesus, which means we have to remain. <laughs> but how do we remain? I mean, that's kind of nebulous in some ways, isn't it? What does remaining practically look like in our everyday life? Well, it means intentionally spending time every day with the Lord listening to him. And I'm not just talking about reading scripture. That's a very good start. We ought to do that, right? I'm not just talking about coming to prayer and presenting our agenda to God. Coming to prayer is wonderful, isn't it? But there's more to even those things when it comes to actually learning how to remain, learning how to listen. So when we come to prayer, We need to not only take in God's word in scripture, we need to not only tell him about our desires or what's going on in our lives, but then we need to make space to listen. We need to make space for God to be able to speak in return to us because in that exchange, that is where he teaches us the truth. That is how we begin to learn what is truth so that we can be set free. Now, a lot of times we don't have necessarily that time in listening with the Lord because we're so busy filling our lives with other noise. I know I am. So what what are some of those areas of noise that we tend to fill our lives with? What are some of those other words, those, those messages of the world? Well, I wonder if when you're getting ready, you like to put on a podcast or a playlist or you are filling um, your drive to school or your commute to work with all sorts of other noise the radio maybe the TVs on in the background when you're getting ready with the news or you are constantly scrolling social media need I say more about that noise maybe you're always going and seeking out the opinions of friends and family over actually tuning into the Lord in conversation so we have all of these ways and all of these words of the world that we fill our time with, we fill our mind with, we fill our heart with, that crowd out the Lord's word, that crowd out space for him to speak. So we need to begin by creating space for silence, don't we? So that's number one. When we take stock of our lives, we can ask ourselves two questions. We can say, am I making space to hear God's word consistently And look at that ratio. Am I making more space for God's word than I'm making space for the world's words? So we can look at that ratio, right? And decide what maybe we can remove to bring it more into balance. And then we also have to ask ourselves, number two, am I really willing to hear what God has to say? A lot of times we don't want to hear what he has to say because we are afraid, because we want our way, we want to control the outcome, because we don't truly trust him. We don't truly trust him because we don't spend a lot of time really relating honestly what is going on in our lives. So recently, I was I was kind of dealing with this new um, development of a health issue in my life and. I was really upset. <laughs> I was really scared. Um, I was feeling very, um, overwhelmed by the potential of what could happen in the future based on this diagnosis. And so I went to all of these other areas like devotions and writings on suffering and things that objectively were very good to try and help me, um, kind of make sense of this and, and get to the lesson of it. But In all of this, I was skipping over what I was really feeling and dealing with and simply trying to go to these areas, these insights, (laughs) these writings of wisdom so that they could be my answer, so that they could be my escape, so that they could provide me with some sort of solution or direction instead of going to God. For my peace, instead of going to God for my direction, instead of expressing what I was really dealing with to him. And in doing this, in, in going to all of these other words of the world, even objectively good words, I was not able to take in, not able to process any of them. None of them actually helped me until I finally one evening stopped and said, all right, Lord, I know I've been running from this because I don't want to face it. So here's what's going on. I'm afraid of this and this and this. And by the way, I feel like you abandoned me in this way and that way and also this way. And I, I I don't know what's going to happen. And that scares me. And in relating all of this to the Lord and telling him honestly what was going on in my heart, in the depths of my heart, based on my circumstances instead of shoving it all down and hiding and escaping from my feelings, which are, you know, morally neutral, but the catechism says feelings can be taken up into virtues or drag us down into vices. So instead of looking at my feelings and thinking that they were dictating the truth and that I needed to avoid them, I aired them honestly to the Lord and he was able to point out areas where I had blind spots or show me ways in which he truly did care or he really was present that I didn't quite see before. And I was able to recognize areas that I kind of pinned on the Lord and blamed the Lord for instead of actually recognizing or understanding that it's truly the evil one behind them. And so All of these things that I brought to the Lord, when I finally gave him the space and and the silence to speak, he was able to shine his light of truth on and elevate as a place of healing for me. And that's what he wants to do for you too. So whatever feelings maybe you are hiding from the Lord that might be a block, whether it's hurt or discomfort or fear or disappointment or uncertainty, those are the things that we need to be taking to the Lord in prayer after we read scripture and telling, tell him about all the other things that, you know, are on our minds. We also need to recognize these things, these feelings, these places that we would very often relate to everyone else or allow to kind of spin in our own heads And instead of just letting them spin so the enemy can give us a a little interpretation on them, we can bring them to the Lord so that he can teach us the truth. The truth that will set us free, that will bring us peace, that will bring us healing, soul deep healing. Even when it's messy, even when there are lots of tears involved, which it is messy and there will be tears often, but to be able to relate those things to the Lord, to share honestly with him so he can can shine the light of his truth on it and bring healing out of it and even when it seems like there are good words in the world right it's so important to give the lord that space to speak to you first before anyone else's voice before the amazing devotions that you're reading trust me i love the blessed is she devotions too i love reading them i love writing them i love reading so many other different reflections that are full of wisdom But someone else's relationship with God is a poor excuse for your relationship with God. Someone else's insights and experiences are nothing compared to the Lord's insights and experiences that he wants to give you individually in your particular circumstances. And then once you've given him that time, first and foremost, he can use those other materials, those other tools, those devotions, that wisdom to supplement His word to you to reinforce to affirm what he's speaking to you so start with five minutes a day do you have five minutes just five minutes i bet you do i know i do i feel it all the time with other things but it's so important it's so fruitful if we can start with five minutes of silence a day after reading his word and after telling him those other things that we you know very naturally want to tell him to be able to give him the space to respond to us. I want to share with you one other block that we tend to have when it comes to being able to remain in God's word and his truth. And that is something that Jesus talks about in today's scripture, starting in verse 34. He says, amen, amen, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in a household forever, but a son always remains. So if a son frees you, then you will truly be free. Sin is a huge block to being able to remain In God's word and hear his voice clearly. So, what happens when we sin? What literally happens is we are taken out from under the authority structure of God and placed under the authority structure of Satan. Whether or not we realize it, there is an an authority structure in the spiritual world, it's a reality that is all around us all the time. And so, when we sin, we legitimately choose to remove ourselves from God's grace, cut the cords of his grace that are holding us and protecting us. And we allow ourselves to then be realigned under the power of Satan, under the headship of Satan, under the fathership of Satan. Ew, it's the worst. So when the enemy, you know, comes and, and entices us with a seemingly wonderful temptation, and we respond to it, what's really happening is is Satan's holding out this temptation to us and saying, if you take this, then I'll I'll give it to you. And then you give me permission to come into your house and hold you hostage. That's exactly what happens when we sin. And Satan wants us to believe that when we cede that territory of our soul to him, when we turn over that area of our soul, and give him hand over that territory willingly, that that's it. We can never get it back. We can never reclaim it. It's his. But as Jesus says in today's gospel, Satan is the father of lies. He's the father of lies. And so that itself is also a lie. We can always reclaim that territory through the lordship of Jesus Christ, who is far more powerful than Satan any day, any way you slice it. And the way that we reclaim that territory and place it back under the authority and the grace and the protection of God and our Lord Jesus Christ is by going to the sacrament of confession. The sacrament of confession frees us And it allows all of the confusion that is very present when we become slaves to sin, when we are enslaved by Satan in our sin. Being the father of lies brings so much confusion into our lives that we can't even see truth clearly. So when we allow Jesus to reclaim that territory through confession, through the sacrament of reconciliation, he is able to make the truth more clear. And when we can see the truth clearly, what does he tell us? We become free. We are set free. I'm in the military and I love this um, analogy of the confessional being almost like a flare on the battlefield. In battle, especially when it's dark, it's really hard to see where the enemy is. And that can be really overwhelming because we look out, it's dark. We can't quite understand where he is, what he's doing, where he might attack. But when we set off a flare, a flare is like a bright firework that lights up the sky, bright as day, for several seconds, it's almost blinding. And all of a sudden, you can see that the enemy is right there. He's about this big, and with God's power, he can be smashed instantly. And so when we allow ourselves to let God light up the spiritual battlefields in the confessional, he's able to come to our defense to reclaim that territory and to show Satan who's boss and that he's really not that powerful in this battle that we're fighting. So I encourage you to remember to create time and space for silence, to relate your heart honestly to the Lord, and to let him reclaim that territory in the confessional so that you can begin to learn the truth so you can recognize it more clearly so that you can become the disciple who the Lord is able to teach more and more truth to so that you can be ultimately more and more free. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, come Lord Jesus, Savior, come Heavenly Father, Creator and Provider. Lord, thank you. Thank you for for being so attentive to the Father's will that you would offer yourself in a way that allows you to, to rescue us over and over and over when we cede territory to the enemy. Thank you for being willing to teach us even when we're not getting it, even when it takes so many tries for you to explain it to us, even when we're stubborn or we don't even want to hear your word thank you for being so persistent for being so patient for being so desirous to to meet us where we are so you can bring us into the light of truth and into greater and more everlasting freedom in you lord jesus we pray for all of those in our community, Lord, that you might um teach them truth in ways that, that resonate, in ways that they can receive, in ways that show them your heart, your your deep, inexhaustible heart of love and mercy for us in every single circumstance. We pray for the grace to continue continue to receive the truth is that um, we are most resistant to, you, Lord. We give you permission to change our hearts, to change our minds, so that we can become free as you desire us to be. We thank you, we praise you, and we pray all of these things through the most holy and precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ and through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you so much for joining me, friends. God bless, and have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday.